At one point Sunday, the mighty Mississippi River encountered a reverse flow as Hurricane Ida roared ashore. Not as wide, but more intense than Hurricane Katrina that hit New Orleans hard 16 years before to the very day. The Category 4 hurricane made landfall at 150 miles an hour. As Al Roker of the Today Show on the ground put it, Hurricane Ida's eye wall was basically a 15-mile-wide F3 tornado. Oil refineries shut down. Damage will take time to repair. The same for offshore oil well platforms and drilling rigs. A million people losing power and will be without electricity for possibly weeks in 90-plus degree heat, 100% humidity. Only now are responders able to begin search and rescue in the bayous and communities of southeast Louisiana. Christians are sending help from places all over. Too many waited too late to try and get out. But finding Jesus is never too late until you die. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series again this week called Hiding God's Word. As I just said, Christians are responding from all over to this massive storm rolling through Louisiana last Sunday. The largest Christian broadcaster in Louisiana is American Family Radio. Fred Jackson is the news director. Fred, as help is still trying to make its way in, can you give us an overview? I'd be happy to, Charles. You know, uh, if people are watching the Weather Channel, uh, they've probably seen that Ida has moved on. It's a tropical storm, and uh, folks outside the region might think, well, it's all over, but far, far from it. Uh, the levees were built stronger after Katrina 16 years ago, but those levees depend on pumps uh, to keep the water in a, in a confined space that is supposed to be there. But those pumps uh, that are running on generators right now, if they run out of fuel, then that problem uh, just uh, escalates even further. So we had hospitals. Uh, one report said hospitals, uh, at least four Louisiana hospitals damaged. 39 medical facilities were operating under generator power. Uh, according to FEMA, uh, officials said they were evacuating scores of patients uh, to other cities. People may have seen a video of a roof uh, blowing off a hospital. Uh, Interstate 10 between New Orleans and Baton Rouge under some four feet of water in some places, so it was shut down. Uh, altogether, about 16 inches of rain. That's the official recording. As usual, that would be uh, vary from place to place, even though... Uh, Ida moving on, its damage is going to be dealt with for for weeks to come. Uh, Fortunately, there are Christian groups like A Days of Hope that will be moving in uh, to give help uh, to start rebuilding, uh, getting trees out of the way, start to getting – there will be power crews from across the nation that will come to the area. But it is going to take weeks before things get back to normal. We ask for people across the country to pray. Uh, for this area of the country once again. Hard hit, uh, like Katrina 16 years ago. Uh, that's where we are today in parts of uh, southern Louisiana through Mississippi and on up into Alabama. Fred Jackson, News Director for American Family Radio. Thanks for that update. And I think we should take a moment to stop and pray right now, just like Fred suggested. Lord in heaven, we 
take this matter of the aftermath of a storm and lay it before you. The body count is going to go up. The damage is high. Lord, thank you that New Orleans was spared after levees broke 16 years ago, but so many other places were affected as well, and so many people are without power. Lord, would you be especially with your people? Would you watch over them and guide them? But Lord, would you also guide the first responders that are getting in to still try and save lives, people who were trapped as a result of this hurricane? Lord, we owe you our lives, and we say thank you for looking after us. And be with those who will be grieving and mourning their loss. We pray now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, coming up in a moment, we're going to hear from a member of the Haven team who has hidden large passages from the Bible in her own heart, and how the Lord has used that in her life. And we'll also talk about the shortest verse in the Bible, as well as the longest chapter in all God's Word. Do you know where they're located? I think I'll start with the shortest as I try to memorize Scripture. If you need help memorizing longer passages like me, then I'd like to encourage you to make a gift to this ministry so that we can send you a copy of Aaron and Emily House's book called Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories you'll be able to read how God's Word has ministered to both Aaron and Emily in trials and tribulations in their lives. And you'll also learn practical steps for memorizing God's Word and hiding it in your heart. Aaron has memorized 26 books of the Bible, and he wants to help you on your own journey. Imagine the joy you'll find when you start to treasure God's Word in your own heart. Now, you can get a single copy or... Somebody called us and got 25 copies. Others have gotten two and three copies to share with Bible study groups and with homeschool meetings. You can call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And while you're there, you can check out the video we shot with Aaron, where he gives three simple steps to memorizing Scripture. And then you can make your gift to Haven Today and ask for a copy of Warriors of the Word. And now let's open the program with Third Day and your words. Let me hear your words Above all other voices Above all the distractions in this world Let me hear Your words Above all Other voices Above all The distractions In this world For your 
This is Haven Today and a program called Hiding God's Word. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me as we opened with Third Day and a song called Your Words. In a moment, we're going to look at the shortest verse in the Bible. If you want to start memorizing Scripture, Jesus wept. That's an easy place to start. But as we've been talking about the importance of hiding God's Word in our hearts all last week and now into this week, I learned that a member of our own team at Haven Ministries had also memorized large portions of Scripture. Her name is Kelsey Fogg. She started memorizing entire chapters from the Bible in high school, including Romans 12. And I asked Kelsey to share with us the benefit of having large portions of God's Word hidden in her heart. Romans 12, 2 says, um, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and just stopping there, um, when we think about like renewing our mind, the best way to renew our mind is to feed ourselves with truth. And there's no better truth than from God's Word. And God's Word is what gives us uh, strength. So reflecting on God's Word and knowing that it gives us strength, there's no better way to renew our minds than to memorize Scripture because Scripture is so powerful. And the more we memorize God's Word, the more we are feeding ourselves with God's Word and His truth, the more we are prepared to face whatever we have to face in life. And He is always there to remind us of that truth and to bring it to us in our most, most desperate times. Um, in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, However a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if we want to think on things that are pure, just, lovely, um, which we find also in Philippians 4, then memorizing Scripture is the best tool in order to be the person God wants me to be. Honestly, I have been someone who's always battled with the mind. It's easy for me to doubt, and I'm one to worry a lot. And through meditation of God's Word, I have been able to battle those um, struggles that I have with my own mind. And the Word of God has helped me to discern what is the right path I should take. You know, and even Psalms 119, it says the word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And that's what it's been for me. Um, it has been my light. The Lord has been my peace in times of struggle and times of doubt. He's been my reassurance. And I can truly say that um, without God's word in my life, I wouldn't be the woman I am today. That's Kelsey Fogg. She's on our team here at Haven Today. I put her on the spot to share a personal story, but she did a great job, didn't she? Haven Today, a program hiding God's Word. So what is the shortest verse in all the Bible? Can you remember the book it's found in? Do you recall those two words? Well, it's there in John eleven thirty-five. Jesus wept. That's the entire verse. He was looking at the grave of his dear friend Lazarus, and he wept. And as Jesus looks over the death and destruction in the wake of Hurricane Ida, I think he weeps as well. Everything going on in the world right now forces us to stop and reflect on the Lord. He isn't far away. He isn't disinterested in our lives. He's very close, and he's grieving with us. He knows what it is to suffer loss, and we can take comfort in our Lord Jesus. It's almost the new year. And by that, I mean Rosh Hashanah, Hebrew, for the first of the year, is a week away. And if you've ever been in Jerusalem for this festival, it's a wonderful experience. Jerusalem sitting on top of a mountain, Mount Moriah. So unless you're staying right in the city, 
you will experience something like the psalmist describes when he says, Who can ascend your holy hill? This was a literal question as well as a spiritual question. The Jews had to literally go up, ascend that hill to the temple to enter the Lord's presence and worship. And as you enter, there's one psalm that has a central place in the Rosh Hashanah celebration, Psalm 119. They recite it as they blow the shofar, the trumpet, to ring in the new year. I can't think of a better psalm to begin a new year with, and I can't think of a better psalm to teach us what it means to hide God's word in our hearts. It's the longest chapter in the entire Bible, 176 verses long. It takes 15 minutes just to read through this one psalm, and it's really a poem. Each section begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet, 22 sections in all. There's an old tradition that says King David wrote this psalm to teach his young son Solomon the alphabet. One thing is sure, this psalm was written to impress on us how vital the Lord's word is in our life. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Never take your word out of my mouth. The word is at the center of everything, David says in this psalm. He needs it to live his life. He needs it to honor his Lord. He needs it to know how to love his neighbor. And so do we. We're in desperate need of a new year here, where I live in North America. I don't just mean a restart. I mean we're in desperate need for the word of the Lord to lead us once again. Psalm 119 is all about beginning a new year on the path that the Lord has laid out for us and trusting his word and his promises as we walk together on that road. The church desperately needs that. You and I need it as well. I said yesterday that we are in a crisis. That's true. The crisis of biblical illiteracy is something that's plaguing not just our younger generations. Christians across the spectrum report that they don't really read their Bible like they used to. The word of the Lord isn't written on their hearts. It's no surprise that the church is in so much turmoil right now. We need a new year, a Rosh Hashanah, and Psalm 119 can help us get there. There is so much darkness in the world right now, isn't there? It seems like everywhere we look, there's destruction and death, Hurricane Ida, the pandemic, the Kabul attacks. It can be overwhelming, and the darkness can close in. It can feel like we're stumbling through the dark, unsure of where to go or what to do. But Psalm 119, verse 105, brings us hope. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. We may not know where we're going, but the Word of God shows us our next steps to take. The darkness may feel overwhelming, and in reality, it is overwhelming. But the lamp of the Word can shine light through to show us where to go, a light upon our path. Now imagine that you were an ancient Israelite. Every year, they would come from all over the Middle East to make their journey to Jerusalem, not just for the new year, but for the Passover celebration. And one path in particular, the path from Jericho to Jerusalem, was very dangerous. It was through the Judean wilderness, the mountains, 
a winding path running right next to sheer cliffs. And if that weren't enough, that road was a hotbed for robbers and violent men. Walking that road late was an invitation for the overwhelming darkness to take advantage. This is our life, too. A long, dangerous trek through extremely rough terrain on the way to the holy city, the new Jerusalem. And as we walk today, we don't walk alone. The Lord is with us by His Spirit, and His Word is a lamp unto our feet. Many of us may be wondering, where is our Lord right now? How can we possibly find hope in the midst of all that's happened? How can we cling to the Lord? Psalm 119 tells us that the Word is a lamp to our feet, but it's Hebrews 12 that tells us where that path is going. Let us run with perseverance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. This dangerous path that has been set before us is full of weeds and the sin which can easily entangle our feet. But who's standing there at the end? Jesus, our Savior, the author, the finisher of our faith. His word is a lamp unto our feet, and it leads us on the way to him. And as we run this race, as we plod along on this pathway, we know where we're headed, back into his loving arms, where his hands still have the scars from where he endured the cross for our salvation. This world is dark. Our sin darkens our own hearts, but we have his word on it. We have his spirit, and by his grace, we can hide his word deep in our hearts, and it will light our way. Run the race, look to Jesus, and he alone will strengthen you and sustain your every step of the way. Teach me, oh God, to follow your decrees. Give me understanding, your word I want to keep. Direct me.
Teach me, oh God, to follow your decrees. Give me understanding, your word I want to keep. Direct me. Singing for us a little bit of Psalm 119, Sandra McCracken, and a song called Flourishing here on Haven Today. It's easier than it sounds, but hiding God's word in your heart is so critical. I recall hearing stories from people like Corey Ten Boom, who was trapped in prison in a concentration camp, at times without Bibles, but the scriptures hidden in her heart, used by God to minister in tough times. You and I might not be facing something that extreme today, but when we go through our day, driving to work, taking care of our children, just doing our daily chores, if we have God's Word hidden in our hearts, He will speak to us through it. And I can't think of a better way to start doing that than by getting a copy of Aaron and Emily House's book called Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories. I know it'll help you memorize scripture and find a unique blessing in doing so. So, for your gift to Haven Today, we want to get you a copy of this book. And if you want multiple copies, ask about that when you call or you visit our website. Here's the number to call right now, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or the website address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And when you do visit our homepage, keep scrolling down and you'll see the video of our full interview with Aaron House. This young Christian will bless you as he shares three easy steps to hide God's Word in your heart. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story It's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If ever there were a person who could ask the Lord why, it was Job. He was upright, a righteous man, even prayed and offered sacrifice for his children every morning just in case they'd sinned the night before. Yet he suffered. His family, his wealth, health, all gone. The book of Job shows us persevering faith. Job refuses to leave the Lord alone because he knows the Lord is there listening. Better yet, in Job 19.25, he shows where his faith lies. I know that my Redeemer lives. Job was looking to Christ 
who suffered innocently for our salvation. We may ask why, of course, and in Christ we find someone who knows what we are going through. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.